Welcome back to Blogs on Tape. Today's post is False Hydra, written by Arnold K. and originally published in September of 2014 on his blog Goblin Punch at goblinpunch.blogspot.com. False Hydra. Common wisdom holds that false hydras come from the ground. They spontaneously originate as undifferentiated masses of flesh, potatoes that sprout from no seed. Supposedly, they germinate in response to lies, and that each falsehood causes a false hydra to swell larger. Scholars agree because they have no better idea. In fact, so much about these abominations boggles the mind that scholars really don't know where to begin. Paranoia dominates any discussion about it. Everyone wants to know, is it here? Is it in my town? Is that long, flaccid face watching me through the window even now? Graphic fan art of a dead hand from the Zelda video game series, an amorphous blob of white flesh with two arms ending in featureless stumps, flesh accented with deep red, neck craning up towards the top of the frame where prominent visible teeth are clutched. The figure is surrounded by skulls on every side. Caption, I want you to focus on the neck and also on the mouth, and graphic. There are false alarms. Criminals and deserters have pleaded that they were merely under the influence of the false hydra, or that they were merely trying to escape its influence. And sometimes that was the truth. There are ghost towns in the gray waste, victims of false hydras. People do not revisit those sites out of fear of vengeful ghosts. And perhaps the false hydra is still there, the black rot at the center of the bone. And how would you know? In gentler lands, you will find skeptics. These erudite scholars will stroke their chin and calmly tell you that there is no such thing as a false hydra. It is some confabulation Villages seized by some infectious insanity, or perhaps some subtle demon. But they are wrong. Graphic. Another piece of fan art depicting the same creature, this time small in a dark space. The front of the frame is dominated by six long arms ending in grasping hands emerging from the darkness at unexpected angles. Captioned. So there's no pictures of a false hydra, because no one ever draws one. But just let me pontificate about this guy for a while. End graphic. How to use this article. Use it however you want. But I would use it to challenge the PCs as they wander. It'd fit well in an episodic game. The PCs wander into a new town. A new threat emerges. Can someone make a random table titled, What's the deal with this town? 1. People are all friendly, evil believers in the worm god. 2. Plot of tremors. 3. False hydra. 4. Etc. Graphic. 
Another piece of fan art, again featuring the same creature, this time its face filling the whole frame, its dome bald and featureless, its eyes black sockets, and its mouth wide open with two large, very flat, very prominent teeth. Captioned, This is Dead Hand from Zelda. End graphic. Infiltration the false hydra enters a town through a humble enough method. Fattened on worms, it has been growing upwards these last few days, weeks, years, but has only now broken through the soil. It emerges in a basement from behind the jars of fruit preserve, or pushes its face up against a broken cobblestone, and then it begins to sing. While it sings, it is ignored. It just creates gaps in your attention and then slips through them. It is subtler than invisibility and more reliable. At this point, the false hydra is only a torso, presumably about the size of a man's, buried somewhere in the ground. The neck grows up, up, until the head emerges from the ground. The head is only the size of a man's head at this point. It resembles a man's head, too, but white, hairless, and with thick deformities on the brows and lips. The eyes are wet holes. But of course, none of this is noticed. While it sings, the hydra exists in our blind spot. Graphic, a white field with two stars on either side. Text on the graphic reads, Cover your right eye and look at the black star. Move slowly towards the screen. The colored star disappears. And you thought only cars had blind spots. The graphic is captioned. Also, make sure that your head is level with regard to the image. Also, make sure the image is not too small. And graphic. Growth. The Hydra eats people, of course. To eat someone, it must usually stop singing, which endangers the Hydra somewhat, since it can now be noticed. To make this task easier, the Hydra usually drags the unfortunate victim a short distance underground, into a basement, sewer, or small chamber that it has excavated, and devours them there. A man is walking along a deserted street, Suddenly he realizes that the silence is more profound, as if a loud noise had just ceased. There is a rattle as a sewer grate slides over rough stone. In the darkness, a fleshy face leering with undisguised hunger. It lunges forward on a thick neck that slides out of the darkness like a sheath, one foot, three feet, six feet long and then it bites him on the arm and drags him down the narrow gap, yanking and twisting to fit the man's body through that too small space. And when the sounds of eating have ceased, the song resumes. The man has family, friends, who will notice his absence, but the song of the Hydra massages their mind, soothing the wrinkles on their brain, the Hydra has eaten the man, who is now known to the Hydra. 
the song erases the memories from their soft heads they will not notice his absence nor remember him and in this way the hydra grows its neck stretches long longer and with it its influence graphic more fan art of the same creature again shrouded in darkness hunched over its neck curling its head cocked at a questioning angle mouth open with hunger stump arms held to its chest as five long arms ending in grasping hands sprout from the dirt all around it caption there is so much good fan art of this guy and graphic dissonance the false hydra's song hides the memories of the devoured victims in the same way that it hides the false hydra but this is not a perfect system wives will wonder why there are men's clothes in her closet people will notice that no one has lit the street lanterns these last few nights churches will suddenly find themselves without a bell ringer by and large these gaps close themselves up the wife will forget about the clothes as soon as she stops looking at them or she will conveniently remember how her brother left them there last time he visited or she will on some level recognize the wrongness implicit in the clothes and throw them away on a moonless night she will confabulate powerfully and constantly but part of her mind is cognizant of the disturbance that part of her mind is distrusted and sealed away but that primordial cluster of neurons still fires a syphilitic madman who has been locked in an attic by his family but whose mutters can sometimes be heard during the lulls in the dinner party downstairs this creates pressure in the early stages this feels like paranoia especially the sense that someone is watching you and the hydra is watching you pressing its moony face up against the window and fogging up the glass more severe symptoms develop reminiscing becomes a stressful and uneasy experience and so is avoided distortions of memory the confabulations pile up identities become muddled friends faces seem subtly deformed human brains were not meant to bear this weight mundane insanities sprout like mushrooms nervous disorders psychotic breaks graphic again fan art of the same creature this time the red on its skin depicted more like wounds its stub arms appear to be ending in scythed blades its neck arches like a snake about to pounce its mouth open wide in what looks now very much like a grin its teeth are now fangs protruding from gums at uncommon angles caption look how happy he is and graphic in severe cases split brain occurs when one part of the brain strives to communicate with the other one of the player character's limbs might suddenly become its own entity one that 
crudely and violently struggles to convey the danger to the PC. A PC might wake up and discover that someone has scratched it's watching you right now, the window, into their chest, and there is skin beneath the fingernails of their left arm. Great. If they receive a distressed letter from their mother, wanting to know why the last letter the PC sent contained the sentence, it ate him, ate him in front of me, but I did not see it ate him, inserted in the middle, great. If they decide that their hand is possessed by demons and cut it off, best of all. This could also be the hook for the PCs. An acquaintance sends them an innocuous letter that somehow contains the phrase, Help me for the love of God! Help me! Help! When they get there, the acquaintance has no memory of writing it, but looks nervous and a little bit insane, while claiming that it's probably just some wizard's prank. And where's your wife? Why, I've never married. Why would you joke about this? And the next day, tell the players that their PCs have forgotten about the wife as well. You can't get rid of the metagame knowledge in their heads, but allow them to act on their metagame knowledge whenever they can roleplay an intense feeling of paranoia or distress. Their dreams are filled with dirges, spilling from the mouths of faithless people, and somewhere a pale face whose eyes are nothing but wet, black holes. Graphic, more fan art of the same creature, this time all in reds, the body an amorphous mass with neck extending far into frame. Its empty sockets gaze mournfully into the distance, its too many, too flat teeth, yellowed and clutched together into a forced grimace. Caption Which is impressive, given that he only had about three polygons when he scared the crap out of all of us as kids. End graphic. Proliferation As the false hydra matures, it grows more heads. The process accelerates exponentially. More blood on the cobblestones, more incongruities festering in heads like gangrenous limbs. The false hydra gets careless. With every meal it becomes more powerful, more able to smother mankind. It doesn't need to be careful anymore. The heads stretch up higher, their gracile necks sway from the rooftops, their heads have grown feral. The skull bulges with masses of bone. The lower jaw juts out, low-slung, like a dagger in a fist. Soon it will devour this city. But darling, my darling, there isn't enough blood in all the world to slake its thirst. Graphic, a screenshot from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, in which Child Link looking towards frame, does not see the dead hand looming behind him, its jaws wide open, mere inches away from his head. Caption. Three polygons that do not fuck around. End graphic. Attack. 
The players may suspect that something is invisible, but the usual magical countermeasures for fighting invisibility won't work here. The song is closer to charm or suggestion than anything else. I would allow anti-charm magic to have a temporary or partial effect, just enough for a few gargled words of exposition. It's watching us right now! Look! That sort of thing. But how do we actually position the false hydra where the players can find it with good play? One option is to make the hydra visible in mirrors. They might come across the solution relatively early in the investigation process. Arming the populace with hand mirrors is a solution, but also, how many hand mirrors does a medieval town have, really? And we'll probably stop the daytime predation, but the hydra will continue to eat people during the night, when there is no light to make the mirrors useful. Do cats see it? They probably freak out around it. Dogs have no idea, though. A more interesting, but also more challenging option is to allow them to investigate strange occurrences. If the lamplighter was eaten halfway through his task, the last lantern lit is a bit ominous. If a player slips on a blood spill, the PC will have to suffer through the cognitive dissonance of having to rationalize a huge, obvious piece of evidence, but the player is under no such compunction. They can investigate the nearby alley. Graphic, more fan art of the same creature, this time emphasizing the liquid sludginess of its form piling into a heap near the base, and the neck curling off in an almost graceful whipped-cream peak, its eyes here almost closed by a swollen forehead, its scythe arms tucked up near its belly, and the three long grasping hands sprouting out from the ground around its base. Caption, just pretend that the hands are extra heads, and you've pretty much got it. End graphic. Other options present themselves. They could figure out where the necks stand in the sky by triangulating with an ally on a different rule top, by discovering which cloud patterns are obscured from each other, because the false hydra's neck occludes them. Bizarre ideas might work, like shooting arrows around randomly, or constantly swinging a grappling hook around. If the grappling hook bangs into the false hydra, the psychic suppression will probably just force the PC to absentmindedly pick up the rope and resume swinging it, but a second PC watching the first would notice this irregularity, because that's another degree of separation from the hydra. The mind song hides the hydra, not the irregular behavior of a fellow adventurer who swore to shout an alarm if the grappling hook hit something invisible. Baiting the hydra would also work well, and is probably the easiest method. While the hydra bites, it stops singing, making it visible again. Or, more accurately, allowing the PCs to stop ignoring it. If it is wounded, it will probably retreat down to its subterranean lair. The PCs will have to kill it now, before they fall under the sway of its song, which it has now resumed, and the PCs can hear again properly.
It is a nightmarish howl. If the PCs tarry, they'll forget they ever saw the false Hydra. The fictive paranoia and actual metagaming will be rampant, but this is okay. Their left hand is just giving them more useful messages today, as more of the PC's brain rebels. The HD of the false Hydra depends largely on how large it has grown, which depends on how fast the PCs have acted. The fight could be a cakewalk, or a meat grinder. Graphic, more fan art, this time with adult Link in frame, using both hands to try and pry one of the creature's powerful hands away from his neck, while another of its hands rests claws along his brow. Still more of the hands loom in the background, as the creature holds its head just at the edge of Link's peripheral vision. Teeth open wide for a bite, tongue lolling with hunger. Caption, God, that worm neck. End graphic. Metastasis. The PCs abandon the town to its fate. Or perhaps they just fail utterly at investigating this weirdness. Either way, the worst has come to pass. The false hydra doesn't just eat everyone and then die. That would be too easy. Things get worse. When a false hydra is mature, some texts localize this event to the day when it has grown seven heads, it begins to sing a new song. This song mentally enslaves everyone within hearing range. It's like a broadcast of dominate person. Yes, give the PCs a saving throw, but even if they make it, they're going to be in the middle of a town where everyone is trying to kill them. The colossal apparatus of the false hydra is now visible. Monstrous heads on tree-trunk necks tower above the town, leaning over rooftops and peering into windows. Its bellowing voices order its mind slaves to kill that man over there or to capture the fleeing child over there. Of course it can talk. It always could. It just never had anything to say. Graphic. More fan art of the same creature. Link is center frame. Grasped again and again by the hands that sprout from long arms out of the ground. Wrists, thighs, shield, neck and one grasping the top of his head to completely cover his eyes. The body and face of the creature looms behind him. Caption, and you're left wondering, what do the parts of it look like that are still underground? End graphic. Only when the town has been purged, the false hydra orders its servants to exhume its body, now grown swollen and fat. And while they dig, it eats. And then the false hydra orders that it should be transported to a new city, where there is new flesh to be eaten. It will be born there atop the backs of its slaves, grateful legs staggering under its cold tonnage. When it gets too large to carry, they will lash it with chains and drag it behind them like a wailing, blubbery siege engine, which... It is. Of course, this is unsustainable. As soon as a mind slave is outside the range of the false hydra's voice, 
they'll flee unless they tamp some wax into their ears and return for their loved ones. <laughs> unless it raids other food stores, it will starve. It cannot farm or hunt sufficient food without spreading its servants across an unacceptably broad area. And the uncommon adulthood of false hydras is marked by desperate aggression, an animal convulsing as it dies, crushing people and cities under its bulk. It usually heads for the largest cities, or whichever one the PCs have fled to, while seeking the largest food source. Sometimes it succeeds long enough to grow larger and move on to the next city, a tour of death. The traditional tactic is to set fire to the granaries and evacuate the city. The false hydra will starve to death in a few weeks while everyone visits their relatives in the countryside. The false hydra's movements are tracked by scouts on horseback, who watch the abomination from the horizon and communicate by flags. Many of them choose to mutilate their own ear canals in order to deafen themselves. These tactics failed spectacularly in the summer of 882 TFM, when there were multiple false hydras colluding with each other. The exact number is still disputed. Graphic this time of a new creature, a small piece of art depicting a gray beast with seven featureless faces on serpentine necks, growing from what looks like a human torso on all fours whose hands have been replaced with feet. Caption, alternatively, it could just mature into this fucked up thing with sphinx powers. End graphic. A more pressing problem is bandits, preying on families traveling alone with all their wealth. Looters also linger in the cities after the evacuation order has been given, and many eventually fall victim to the false hydra and allow it to grow larger. Assassinations and power struggles are also common, as different parties use the chaos to seize an advantage. And lastly, a military presence must ensure that no mercenary company, slave lord, or evil wizard is allowed to open up lines of communication with the false hydra using messengers. Those avenues of exploitation have allowed some absolutely horrific tragedies in the past. The cancer must be isolated until it is forced to eat itself. If the game gets to this point, and the PCs want to stay involved, I would turn the focus on the latent possibilities of the last four paragraphs, instead of assaulting the god monster head-on, because who wants to fight a false hydra at the height of its power? Lots of players, probably. The post closes on a gallery of graphics, none of which depict the death hand from Zelda. Graphic Four not-quite-human heads on long, veiny stalks protrude from a single hole in the ground, devouring people. Caption, Nissel Lindblom drew this one. End graphic. Graphic, Six sorrowful-looking faces, at the ends of long, curved necks with deep, fleshy furrows. Caption, God, false hydras are freakish. Their fragmented minds are mirrored in the people they devour. End graphic.
Graphic. Numerous serpentine heads whirl and dart about a scene, growing from a body that is obscured in the distance by mist. Caption. Fun fact, dragon hydras are awesome. I should write a post about them specifically. End graphic. Graphic. A heavy-looking hydra with five heads towering above the tree line. They roar and snap and bite at birds attempting to fly away from their bulk. Caption. Fun fact, there was a false hydra in the house of ours, but the party never discovered him. He was at the bottom of a long stairwell. End graphic. Graphic. A hydra emerging from a swamp, its many mouths and eyes glowing a luminescent purple. Caption. Fun fact. Lonely, lonely hydra. No one to talk to except himself. And graphic. Graphic. A massive, eyeless hydra whose necks end in nothing but jaws. Its necks wrap around a castle tower which crumbles effortlessly between them. An army on the grass below attempts to fight the beast. Caption. Fun fact. I'm actually pretty good-natured and pleasant to be around. I don't know why I keep writing such horrible things. End graphic. Graphic. A CGI hydra with so many heads that it looks cumbersome for its body to move. It's in a columnated hall dragging itself through shallow water. Caption. Fun fact. And graphic. Graphic. A burly barbarian tangled amid a half dozen hydra heads, clutching them between arm and leg and torso. With his one free hand, he swings a cudgel that has struck one of the heads, now spurting blood from its open maw. Caption. Fun fact. And graphic. That was False Hydra, written by Arnold K. and read for you by Nick L.S. Whalen. Blogs on Tape is a project that works with authors to make great RPG blogs more accessible through audio recordings. It's a community effort which you can contribute to by donating a few dollars towards our hosting costs. It costs about $150 a year to host these audio files, and if you'd like to help keep this podcast solvent, that is a great way to do it. Again, that is ko-fi.com slash blogs on tape, and whether you're able to contribute or not, thank you very much for listening.